Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor. I was just saying to Bethany that she should really been handing out medals along with the Orders of Service this morning uh, for bravery in uh, coming out in the middle of Storm Chiara. Um, I hope that you all get home uh, as safely as you got here. Um, our Minister Katrina, as you know, is on sabbatical for the next couple of weeks. So our service this morning has been uh, organised by Emma, who is one of the worship team here, and she's organised a number of people to take part in the service. Um, we're not using the screen this morning, so um, everything we need to follow the service is on our printed order of service today. Then just note that in place of our usual evening service, we're invited to attend a special ecumenical service marking Racial Justice Sunday at 4pm today in St Peter's Church in Hindland Street in Partick. So no evening service at 7pm, but a service for Racial Justice Sunday at 4pm in St Peter's Church in Hindland Street. Next Sunday at 11am, morning worship will be led by another member of our worship team, Holly. And then in the evening at 7pm, the Reverend Dr Norman Shanks will lead evening worship in Kelvinside Hillhead Church. These are all our notices. So during Katrina's sabbatical Sundays, members of the congregation will be leading the worship, as Anne just said. As well as a time of rest and renewal for Katrina, the worship group hope that these Sundays can be a time of rest and renewal for all of us, especially as they come at the start of what already feels like a very stressful year. The services will be simple, and we're not expecting anyone to preach a sermon if they don't feel comfortable doing that. I hope that we can find some rest and renewal in this change of pace, and that we can maybe discover some new ways to worship together. The rest of the service will be unannounced and take a reflective tone. It will be all age, so there's some colouring in at the back for children, or if anyone wants to run around, you can go next door. Also, I have got a bit of a cold, so I'm sorry if my voice goes halfway through. Our call to worship this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, verse, 10, verse 8 to 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. We will stand if we're able to sing our first hymn, All Creatures of Our God.
Let us pray. Here we are, Lord, your people, your church, meeting together in your presence. We welcome each other and we welcome you. Make yourself known to us through new ways, through our worship, our prayers and our understanding of your word today. We meet as family in the presence of our Heavenly Father. We meet as brothers and sisters in Christ, accepting the responsibility this places upon us, to love one another as you have loved us. We meet as your lights in this dark world and pray that through our words and our lives, others might be drawn into your family and to accept you as their Saviour and Lord. We pray all these things and we pray together, saying Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. talking and reflecting on how we can be lights in God's world um, and it's 
something that we've been talking about in Sunday school before Christmas. We did quite a lot about being a light. Um, so we had some insights we thought we could share with you, but all of Sunday school are at the back colouring in, so I'll just share. <laughs> so, hands up who has ever been camping? There's quite a few. I've reluctantly been camping. <laughs> so when you're packing to go camping, what are the things you need to pack? Sleeping bags. Sleeping bags, very important. A flashlight. That's a key one. Tent, very important. Tent pegs. <laughs> very important as well. Yes. Water. Water, yes, very good. There's all sorts of things you need. You need a stove, you need food. Otherwise, it can all go a bit wrong. Midgey repellent. very key one. Yeah. Compass. I know that Drew's had quite a bad trip where he's forgotten a ground mat. <laughs> Things like that. But really, one of the most important ones George got, which is the torch. Because if you don't have the torch, you can't do any of the other stuff. In Scotland, it gets dark pretty quickly. You can't cook any food, you can't put your tent up, you can't go to the toilet. It's all a bit of a disaster. <coughs> and we were talking about this in Sunday school, how... God is a bit like our torch, because he guides us. Without him, we can't do anything. And when we were talking about it, it got me thinking to the first time I went camping, when I did Duke of Edinburgh, which, for those of you that don't know, is like a thing some people do at school, where you go up a hill and you do a challenge. And I hated it. I was rubbish at it. <laughs> but it was always dark, because it was like February that we did it. And it was raining, and so you spent all your time in the tent, barely left the tent, apart from when you were walking. And one of the things our teachers taught us is when you've got your torch, or your flashlight, you don't point it to the direction you want to speak, or the person that you want to speak to. Because otherwise, they've got a torch right in their face, you can't see anything, they can't see anything. It's all a bit of a disaster. What you do is you point it up, towards the roof of the tent, and the light reflects everywhere. It lights up the whole tent, and everyone can see. And that kind of was such a good trick, because as I said, we spent most of our time in the tent. But God wants us to be a bit like the torch. He doesn't want us to point just in one direction at one person, or focusing on one thing. God wants us to reflect our light out into the world, so that everyone can see it, and so that through our words, our actions, our kindness, and our love, we can give light to the world, just as the torch gives light to the small tent. Each of us individually can be that beacon of light in our homes, in our community, in our work, and in our church. And that was a bit of what we were talking about in Sunday school. So we're going to have a series of reflections now, and a series of readings, um, which kind of expand on the themes that we were looking at in Sunday School in a bit more detail. But they'll be able to show you the posters that they've made at the end, which I'm sure will be just as interesting.
chapter 5 verses 13 to 17 you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl Instead, they put it out on its stand and give its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfil them. Deepest Fear by Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do, we were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. 
As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Verses 19 to 21. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God.
researching this theme of light for Sunday school as well as for this service, I kept on coming back to two questions. The first one, what does it mean to shine your light? We spoke about it a bit in Sunday school and agreed for everyone there's a different answer. For some people it's talking about Jesus. For others it's showing kindness to strangers. For others it's about finding something you're really good at and using it to show God's grace. Sometimes it's easy to feel like the people who shine are the ones who are loud and confident, the ones who have a talent which make them stand out or have the most friends. But this is ignoring the fact that God has made us all the way we are. If we are shy and quiet, God has still made us to shine. If we find it hard to make friends, then God still has ways for us to show his love. This week, while I was thinking about all these ideas, I was reading an article. And the article was the diary of an anonymous 20-something girl living in London. And it's a series that is meant to show people different ways of life and how other people live. It's supposed to be with t without judgment and kind of just open up different people's lives. But the comment section was not like that. It ranged from well-meaning advice all the way through to people judging this girl for every facet of her life. And at the bottom of the comments, there was one which just said, you should read the shine theory. And seeing the word shine, I jumped on it because that's what I was thinking about. I looked up and found a thesis written by Aminato So and Anne Friedman, who are two American writers who look at gender and politics and culture in their work. And while it's not an explicitly Christian theory, I think there's a lot of things we can take from it. So their theory is that by building up an inner confidence, you can shine, and that helps build up confidence in others. In their own words, it is a conscious decision to bring your full self to your friendships and to not let insecurity or envy ravage them. Shine theory is a commitment to asking, would we be better as collaborators than as competitors? The answer is almost always yes. People know you by the company you keep. Shine theory is recognising that true confidence is infectious, and if someone is tearing you down or targeting you as competition, it's often because they are lacking confidence or support themselves. It's a practice of cultivating a spirit of genuine happiness and excitement when your friends are doing well and being there, there for them when they aren't. This idea of being someone who can bring a bit of light into people's lives that we meet and the way of shying is just by being a good friend, 
and having an inner confidence is one that struck me. Because even if you are the shyest, the shyest, quietest person, you can still have that inner confidence and spread light just by being kind. However, I was very aware when I was compiling all the reflections that it's very easy to talk about being a light in our world, but for all of us, there will be days and times in our lives where we feel like our light is dimmed or it's gone out completely and reflecting anything out into the world is a challenge, never mind being a shining light. It's no coincidence that we are looking at this theme at a time when we find ourselves in darkness, both literally as the winter evenings and mornings seem never ending, like today, and also when the world seems to be politically, environmentally and ideologically at odds. Christians and Jews both recently turned their attention during these darkened times towards celebrations of light through Christmas and Hanukkah. Jesus brought light into the world over 2,000 years ago and he called his disciples to be the light onto the world as well. With that in mind, I found a wee devotional um, to share with you by an American writer again called Holly Girth and I thought it was quite a good way of looking at how we get this light. The news headlines drifted in from the living room as I sat at my desk. The story of yet another tragedy contrasted so sharply with what I was writing that I stopped, sighed and leaned back in my chair. A sense of despair washed over me. Lord, I silently prayed, is there anything I can do about the darkness in this world? It seems so overwhelming. I sensed a gentle whisper within my heart replying, the only way to get rid of darkness is to add more light. Darkness is the absence of light. Trying to go after it directly is like trying to chase your shadow. You can't bag it up and throw it away. Only light is powerful enough to make the darkness disappear. During the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made it clear that we are the light of the world. We are called to shine, but the light we share is not our own. From the very beginning of creation, God has been the source of light, both spiritually and literally. Genesis says, darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Imagine a world full of darkness, then with four small words, light blazes forth. Every living thing in our wor world relies on light for its existence. Plants, animals and people. The God who brought light into the world also brings it to our lives. As 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. The best analogy I have for this is to imagine a light bulb. The light bulb can't just decide to itself one day, I want to light up, and it will light up. The light bulb can go to self-help meetings to learn about its inner capacity for light. It can read books about how to get brighter. Each morning, the light bulb can get up and recite positive affirmations. I am a light bulb. I believe in myself. I will shine. But nothing lasts. Eventually, 
the light bulb becomes weary and discouraged. It begins to doubt who it is and what it can do. It almost burns out completely. Fortunately, one day, the light bulb was carefully placed in a fixture. Light burst forth and filled the room. The light bulb finally understood. The key was not to try harder, but to plug into the source. Trying to shine on our own can be exhausting. Instead, we are simply called to be closely connected to God and remain in him. Our faith and trust in him is where we get the inner confidence to shine. When we do, his light pours forth through us in powerful, brilliant ways that change the world. The way we shine might not make the news, but they make more of a difference than we can see. For our prayers this morning, I've drawn on words which come from the Wild Goose Resource Group, familiar to most of us. Uh, Some of these words are written within the last 10 years. Some of them are written over 35 years ago. 
the former by Kate McElhaga and the latter by Graham Mall, who sadly died recently. We have heard the words from the Gospel of John. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light. Let us pray. We believe that God is present in the darkness before the dawn, in the waiting and uncertainty where fear and courage join hands, conflict and caring link arms, and the sun rises over barbed wire. We believe in a with us God who sits down in our midst to share our humanity. We affirm this with a faith that takes us beyond the safe place, that takes us into action, into vulnerability, and onto the streets. It takes us there to stand with those on the edge, to choose life, to choose God's community of light and hope. And so we pray for the constant coming of the light of God's kingdom in our world today. God, who is with us, where nations budget for war, while Jesus says, put away your sword, your kingdom come, your will be done, your light pierce the darkness. where countries waste food and covet fashion. While Jesus said, I was hungry, I was thirsty. Your kingdom come, your will be done, your light pierce the darkness. Where Christians seek the kingdom in the shape of their own church, as if Jesus had come to build and not break barriers. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your light pierce the darkness. Where women who speak up for their dignity are treated with scorn or contempt. Your kingdom come, your will be done, your light pierce the darkness. Where men try hard to be tough because they're afraid to be tender, your kingdom come, your will be done, your light pierce the darkness. where we are obsessed with being adult, forgetting to become like little children. Your kingdom come, your will be done, your light pierce the darkness. And when our prayers falter, our faith weakens, our light 
grows dim. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your light pierce the darkness. Where Jesus calls us, in all circumstances, your kingdom come, your will be done, your light pierce the darkness. Today is the annual day of prayer for BMS World Mission. And we are asked specifically today to pray for Peru, where BMS works on the desert coast along the Amazon River, up in the High Andes Mountains, as well as in the cosmopolitan capital of Lima. And especially today, we're asked to remember the work of BMS environmentalist Laura Lee Lovering, who's in Nota in Peru. And today for our community within the Baptist Union of Scotland, we're asked to pray for John Crabe in his role as chaplain at Low Moss Prison. And for the people work in worship of our sister Baptist churches in Bridge of Dawn, in Bristol in Edinburgh, and in Broughty Ferry. And for our own community here at Hillhead, those we pray for this morning are Holly and George, and we remember the stresses and strains in hospital and hospice work, of the uncertainty about future jobs, and the effect that these things can have on one's own health. And we pray for Sheila, who's supporting close family and friends through difficult times whilst living with her own health challenges just now. Loving God, who walks with us each step of the way as a lamp to our path and a light to our feet, hear our prayers. And our prayers continue with the giving of an offering.
May the glory of God be with us. Lord God, watch over us and bless us now and always. Amen. Oh,